1: Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The life of Moses provides a great example of the power of identity. Let me explain. God sent Moses to Egypt to lead his people out of bondage to the promised land. Now, one of the problems that Israel had was the problem of identity. Who were they? Were they a bunch of slaves? Or were they God's special treasure in the earth? Now, there's a big difference between the two, but they didn't know who they were. Now, Moses was the one that was sent to set them free, but he also had a problem with identity. Who was he? Was he an Egyptian because he was brought up in the palace of Pharaoh? Or was he an Israelite as his circumcision told him and his roots told him that he was? Well, that crisis came to a climax one day when he went out, he saw an Egyptian leader mistreating a fellow Hebrew, and he had to make a decision which side he was on. The Bible says that he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. In other words, he resolved his identity crisis, and then he could help others discover the truth about their identity. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: We've covered a lot of ground this week on the subject of identity. Hello, Phil's my name, and we're joined once again by author and teacher Ken Legg. And Ken, for the sake of those who might have only just joined the conversation today, let's briefly recap on what we've talked about this week. You've said that many Christians struggle because they don't know who they are, that in our quest to discover who we are, we tend to take our identity messages from the wrong sources like performance or what people think about us, our behavior or our appearance, that the truth is that our identity is based upon the one with whom we are identified and that we were identified with Adam and we're now identified with Christ.
1: Ken, can you summarize that in one succinct statement? Yeah, we have a saying in our ministry and it goes like this. It's not what you do that determines who you are, but knowing who you are that will determine what you will do. just say that again? Yep. It's not what you do that determines who you are, in other words, achievements, but knowing who you are that will determine what you will do. Or we put it another way. It's not your condition that determines your position, but knowing your position that will determine your condition. In other words, the condition of those external things that we talked about that people look to for a sense of identity like achievements, approval, appearance, and so on.
0: It's one of those uh, real counterintuitive things, isn't it, that that it's – your attitude determines your altitude is another yeah. one of those great, great sayings. And we tend to go for the, the end of the line and say, yep, that's what we need to chase, you know, the, the appearance or whatever it might be. But we gloss over the fact that, no, no, there's actually character and other things back here that are the contributing forces to those things. And that's really where it's at.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Well, it's all well and good having
1: these nice snappy little sayings. But what personal difference has that made for you? Well, it's made a dramatic difference to me, Phil, uh, to my personal life and also to my ministry. Um, You know, regarding my ministry, (laughs) I joke by saying um, that there are two phases to my ministry. The first phase was the pre new creation identity discovery years. And the second stage or phase was the post new creation identity discovery years. In other words, um, before I knew who I was, I made very little impact upon others. You know, if we don't know who we are, we can't help others, you know. You, you can only take people where you've been yourself. But once I discovered who I was in Christ, then my whole ministry took on a whole new uh, meaning and, and and direction. You can take this however you like, Ken. But it'll be a bit like discovering that you you have some superpowers.
0: You, you're Superman. I can fly. I can do these things. You suddenly realize that you actually have this uh, authority. Yeah, and it's the same kind of thing. We realize that we are
1: new creatures in Christ, and we do have the power. To help other people, to reach out to other people. That's right. It makes a difference. But if I can go back into my own personal life, even before I got into ministry, um, you know, I suffered a lot of rejection as a boy in childhood. And uh, rejection sends a message of shame. You know, um, psychologists tell us that the number one killer in terms of negative emotions is guilt. But I I think shame is a close second. You know, um, guilt says I did wrong, but shame says I am wrong. Guilt says, I made a mistake, but shame says, I am a mistake. And it's all to do with our identity, the way we see ourselves is the way that we're treated, especially in childhood. And so I received negative um, uh, identity messages when I was growing up, and um, I believed those messages about myself. So I believed a lie. But now, as I grew up, I discovered, hey, hang on a minute, Uh, my father's rejection of me didn't actually give a commentary on my life but on his life. Mm. It was basically what was going on in his life that was being manifested in the way he treated me because I was too young to understand that. But when I became a Christian and I began to learn the truth about what God says about me, then it transformed me completely because God says that I'm accepted, not rejected. It's a forever statement. It doesn't matter what others may do or say about me. That doesn't change who I am, and I'm accepted in the Beloved.
0: We can all all think of uh, an instance where we've had an opinion about something that we've firmly held to, but then we find out later on there was actually something else completely different that was true. I can see that same thing. You were told that you are no good or whatever the case was, but then you came to this point of realisation. And for people listening now, how do they get to that point of realisation practically? What does this mean for somebody who perhaps is in that
1: situation where somebody's telling them they're no good or whatever it might be? Well, it comes about through the renewing of the mind. We sort of touched upon this in in one of the other days earlier on this week. But so let me give an illustration here because we're talking about how other people's opinions impact upon us and and affect us in our daily lives, but how that can be changed. Uh, I heard a story of two men that were standing in the um, art museum in Paris, the Louvre. And uh, they were critiquing a certain work of art, you know. And the janitor was walking up and down, sweeping, you know, the floor. And uh, he was getting more and more annoyed as he heard these uh, criticisms of this work of art. (laughs) In the end, he could take it no more. He said, excuse me, gentlemen. He said, that work of art is not on trial. Uh, its judgment has already taken place. That's why it's hanging in this museum. It's actually you that's on trial right now <laughs> by your, the way you're viewing it, you know. The, the, the great thing about us, Phil, is that our judgment has taken place. Our God has made an incredible statement over our lives. He's given us a sense of unsurpassable worth by the fact that his son died in our place because God esteems us so highly. He values us so much. That's the truth about our identity. And so we need to renew our minds in alignment with what God is saying about us and not listen to the garbage at times that other people say about us.
0: What a great illustration. I mean, what you're saying is that we've already made the cut. We've been judged. Yeah. Uh, And that with our acceptance of Jesus Christ as a perfect covering for our spots and blemishes, the imperfections, that we have the right to hang in the Louvre in, uh, in Paris, <laughs> so to speak, but you know, to stand before the Father. And yeah. it doesn't matter what the passers-by might say. They can say what they like. Yeah. But our identity is in the fact that we're there in relationship with him.
1: Yeah. But, of course, for our own spiritual health and well-being, we do need to renew our minds. See, when we talked earlier about uh, Moses leading Israel out of Egypt, and uh, when they went through the Exodus, you know, the Red Sea, they they were free their identity had changed but here's the problem they had a new identity but they kept their old mentality mm. you know they still saw themselves as grasshoppers you know and they kept talking about going back to egypt that's where we belong we're just a bunch of slaves you know so they had a new identity but they kept their old mentality that's why the bible says that uh, you know, the, 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 the the key to the health of our soul and our spirit, if you like, is to renew our minds in the truth. So how do you overcome that mentality?
0: If you, you understand, yes, I do have a new identity, but I'm really grappling here with
1: old ways of thinking. What do I do? Well, the Bible speaks about the renewing of our mind because it's the renewing of our mind that transforms the heart. Now, the heart is what we're living out out of. Um, Messages have been written across there by various things such as traumatic experiences from the past, uh, things that have been said about us, the environment in which we've been brought up, uh, even some of the churches that we've sat in. We've we've listened to things about us that might not necessarily be biblically true. And so those things have set our heart. And so we can't live beyond the level of that which is in our heart. And the key to transforming the heart is to renew the mind. And that's what we're going to look at, Phil, tomorrow.
0: That's all we have time for today. Hope you can join us again tomorrow as we continue our series, Our Identity in Christ. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.